A person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusions. Where did you get this pure thought and impure thought business? Who are you to decide what is pure and impure? This is the way life is made. There's nothing pure, there's nothing impure. Life is just the way it is. It's for you. Culture that is obsessed with and prioritizes a separation from and control of natural human desire. Hello and welcome to Impure Rethought. Hello and welcome. My name is Victoria, aka Vika by some people, depends on how you know me, and I am one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, Meg, sometimes Maggie. <laughs> also depends on how you know me. And this is our podcast where we're going to discuss purity, patriarchy, and profit and how they've shaped our culture. We wanted to do a little intro episode to go over some of the terminology that we'll be using this season because you might not have ever heard of it if you were not ever an evangelical Christian. And congrats to you if not. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, just like a lot of trauma there. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'll just get right into it. One of the big ones that we're going to be throwing around a lot is purity culture. So that is what I would define purity culture. You have probably heard of it in relation to virginity and women and feminism, and we're going to be using it a little more broadly. I would define purity culture as a culture that is obsessed with and prioritizes a separation from and control of natural human desire. So sex, food, impure thoughts, all those things. Basically just denying yourself life's simple pleasures. Yeah, like the things that you evolutionarily are wired to want. Another really important term that we're going to be mentioning a lot that you might not be as familiar with is deconstruction. I think technically it's a form of literary analysis, but um, for former evangelical Christians, it's grown to mean dismantling or questioning your faith all the way down to its foundation. For a lot of former evangelicals I know, myself included, the discourse leading up to the 2016 election was what spurred our deconstruction. Like, suddenly, the faith that we had leaned on or followed unquestioningly, suddenly it was being used to justify all kinds of evil right in front of our eyes, and it was stuff that we just couldn't get behind, so we had to start questioning things. So yeah, that's deconstruction. Um, so a little bit of background about me. I was raised and baptized Catholic. My parents would be so mad if I didn't mention that. <laughs> Um, I did do First Communion, but that was about the extent of it. Other than that, we were pretty, like, Catholic on holidays and not too much of the rest of the year. But basically, in my house, our main tenet, I guess you could say, was just to show kindness and respect to others. Everything else was pretty secondary. Then I started at a non-denominational Christian school, aka Evangelical, where Victoria and I met. That's we both true. started there in middle school, and about a year and a half in, I was, like, fully into Christianity. Um, about as into it as you can be <laughs> at that yeah. age. 
I was singing on like school and church worship teams. I went to multiple youth groups. I like led Bible studies, did truly the most that I could. (laughs) (laughs) And then towards the end of high school, um, I experienced a family tragedy, which we'll get into. And at that time, that really only contributed or really only strengthened my faith, but I think planted the seeds that would later, like, contribute to my deconstruction. Mm. (laughs) Again, something we'll go into more in the very next episode. Yeah! (laughs) Hooray! (laughs) I was, like, really afraid to go to college. (laughs) You know, there's a whole narrative around uh, colleges where people go and lose their faith. So I knew that I had to go to a Christian school, and I did. (laughs) And one funny little fact about that is in college, I auditioned to sing on the worship team and wasn't selected. And embarrassingly, (laughs) and also hilariously, it caused like a little crisis of faith for me. (laughs) I was like, who am I if I'm not on the worship team? (laughs) I mean that's sad but it is really funny i know i know yeah it was it was a lot <laughs> i was a lot honestly and then towards the end of college started to deconstruct and now uh a few years later here i am <laughs> what about you um as for me i was not raised particularly religious my family was all lapsed catholics so <laughs> Like, I I was raised with the distant concept of God, and, like, things would be right because God said so, and we believed in heaven and hell, but that was about as far as it went. We didn't go to church, not even on, like, Easter. Although, weirdly enough, Easter was, like, always a really big holiday for us. Me too, yeah. We loved Easter in my house, but it wasn't, like, super religious. No, I just really liked the scavenger hunt. Anyways, I went to a very small private school from kindergarten to seventh grade. It had about 80 kids in it. And then that school went out of business. And then I switched to the school that Meg and I met at, at Monte Vista Christian School, for anybody who's wondering. And they were very religious. And my mom had made a friend who was like really into church. So we had started going to church. This was also like right when my parents separated. So it was just like stability and childcare that we needed at the time. And I would say for the first like three or four years that I was in church, I didn't like really get into it. Um, And it was actually when we became like really close friends, Meg, that I think I was just doing like what you were doing. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) Like, I definitely was religious, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a part of my identity, I think, until we got super close when I must have been about 15 or 16 around there, I started to do Bible leadership and I started to sing on the worship team because previously I had been pretty uninterested in all of that stuff. And I guess like some pretty important context about me is that, so I actually got diagnosed with autism towards the end of 2020 and I didn't know that my whole entire life and it really like made a lot of my evangelical journey make more sense because I was really just trying to do what was required of me to be good and be accepted and like what I perceived to be right and they sure do give you a lot of rules in evangelicalism so I was like this is great but then I went to college I went to a a big UC public college 
and just started to like question a lot of things that had been told to me, particularly scientifically. We were taught that the earth was like 4,000 years old. So I was just in an environment that was very different that like really encouraged me to think critically about things where my middle school and high school had not done that. And that's kind of how I ended up deconstructing. It was not super dramatic, I guess. I I had a lot of struggles with my mental health throughout the end of high school and throughout early college where I had turned to authority figures and just had not been taken care of. And I had asked for medical help and nobody believed me. So like that, that was kind of a big spur in my deconstruction to be like, why is nobody taking me seriously right now? But yeah, it took, it took a few years and then here I am today. And yeah, here we are making a podcast about it. (laughs) Making a podcast. (laughs) That's a good like segue though into like our relationship and our journey and how, how we ended up with a podcast. Yeah, definitely. So we, uh, had a really dramatic friend breakup. Yeah, we did. Late in high school and we didn't talk for years, like pretty much throughout Mm -hmm college for both of us and then only reconnected about two years ago yeah that sounds right right before victoria moved to new york from russia that is where i used to live (laughs) i'm sure you will hear about it I guess I would also say, like, we had a big friend breakup, and then I remember, like, having sort of subsequent disagreements, which were specifically brought on by the fact that I was deconstructing, and you did not approve, <laughs> which was fine. We were young, but, like... Yeah, I I deeply did not approve. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember a ton from that time, but I do remember not approving. That makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I remember specifically, like, you talking to me about, like, cursing online or something at one point, and I was like, this is so stupid. Yeah, honestly, I I bet I did. That's really on brand (laughs) for young me. (laughs) But, like, I mean, it's all water under the bridge now, who cares? But that's, like, some important important context for us. Yeah, I think that's a good illustration of um, us. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so we reconnected after having both at least started our deconstruction journeys. I Mm -hmm. was a little earlier on in mine when we reconnected than you were. Really awkward way of saying that, but... Well, I think, like, I think I had just come to the full realization that, like, I had been lied to and I had been gaslit and, like, not taken care of and that, like, this wasn't... It wasn't serving me anymore. And, like, at that point, my younger sister had graduated high school, so we just, like, weren't... My family wasn't in the environment environment anymore and it was like we were kind of all starting to see that it was just like a really weird like isolated bubble of people and I was just I was far away from it and I was engaging with people of a lot of different backgrounds so I think I was like the fastest one in my family to recognize it yeah makes sense and I was living in a foreign country where like the Soviet Union killed God so like (laughs) everybody was an atheist mostly and it was just like a very different I had 
external factors that were like speeding my process up where like you went to a christian college like you were very you were very in the lifestyle for a long time yeah i was and it wasn't really until i left and moved out to the east coast also that Mm -hmm. i was surrounded by people of very different backgrounds and that i mean just hearing different perspectives does wonders for changing yours So Mm -hmm. there's a reason that evangelicals are like, you can't go to college. You have to go to a Christian college. For sure. And it worked for the most part. (laughs) (laughs) Which also ties into purity culture, purity of thought. Which is why we're rethinking impurity. (laughs) That is, that's true. That's the name (laughs) of our podcast. (laughs) And like when we reconnected, I think originally we actually did start talking a lot about like politics and our great president at the time, Donald Trump, (laughs) and feminism and like the way that politicians were representing it in the media. So that's kind of like what brought us back together. Yeah, and discussing those things has been, like, our whole relationship, <laughs> Yeah, basically. It's true. Other than, like, screaming Broadway tunes at your neighbors. <laughs> Not at them, yeah. but near them. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a Saturday, so it's fine. They scream many <laughs> tunes at me. Also, I think when, when we started talking again, like, you hadn't fully deconstructed, and mm-hmm. then we had, like, I think you were still going to church when we started talking again. Yeah, I was, but it was honestly more out of habit than anything else. I only really, like, stopped going to church regularly when the pandemic happened, and, like, it was all virtual, and I was like... You know, suddenly the ritual of getting up every Sunday, getting ready for church, going to church, suddenly that was gone. Mm, And I was like, oh, I'm not really getting anything out of the actual church service. Yeah. Listen, church is just an excuse to go to lunch with the same people every Sunday. (laughs) It really is. To which I say, you can just go to lunch. So true. But you can go to church too if it's nice. That's true. (laughs) Not to to church shame. I remember when I had just moved back to New York. Like, I had been here for less than a month. My mom made us go to, like, a Christmas Eve service at a church down the block from my apartment. Oh, and yeah. It, I remember it was, like, a new... Me. Yeah, it was, like, a new church, too. Like, they had just opened, and they were so desperate for members, and everybody, like, swarmed me, and I was, like, had, like, a full-on panic attack at the <laughs> church, and my mom was, like, what is wrong with you? And I was just, like, I hate it. I don't want to be here. Let me go home. So... Um, If you can tell, I didn't enjoy church very much, Um, (laughs) but I also don't like getting up early, so I think that had a lot to do with it. Fair, yeah. I love getting up early, but I don't like going places, so. Mm. I mean, to be fair, the reason that I don't get up early is because I have insomnia, so I gotta like really ride, ride the sleep for all that it gives me. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, anyways. Anyways, we reconnected, we became friends again, and then we, um, because Maggie was still deconstructing for, uh, like, at least part of our, like, reconnection, I would say, 
And honestly, I feel like because there are so many things that we don't even think about on a daily basis, it's like really an ongoing mm-hmm. process. Like I, that is true. I feel like I'm still deconstructing to this day. It depends on how deeply you were in it, I guess. But I was yeah. in it about as deeply as you can be. So there's a lot of yeah. like residual stuff that I'm working yeah. through. Yeah, that's true. Without, yeah, without being raised in it, like, you really, you really went the full (laughs) mile, like. I really did. Yeah. Um, But, like, because you were, I guess, like, still doing a lot, like, a lot of deconstruction work all the time when Mm -hmm. we started talking again, um, and you had had, like, a different friend breakup that was very influential. um, (laughs) then like we talked about that a ton and we still talk about it a ton today or just texting each other like hey you remember when they made us do this wasn't that fucked up (laughs) and so we also both like really love podcasts and we were and we we joked all the time like we should have a podcast and then we were like hey why don't we actually have a podcast because clearly there is a wealth of information here and we've we've seen some podcasts around sexual purity culture but like not a ton about deconstructing the rest of things and we will talk about sexual purity culture it will come up a lot but like definitely it goes like really deep-seated and far beyond just your sort of sexual desires so there's so much to it yeah so on that note what other topics are we gonna talk about the first episode which should be up when you see this one is on toxic positivity which i learned a lot about my first episode was on MLMs, preying on stay-at-home moms, and I went pretty deep, actually, into financial suffrage, which I didn't think I was going to go that way. Yeah, it went a totally different direction than I was expecting. I learned a lot in that one. <laughs> Wonderful! <laughs> uh, some of my topics that I will be presenting on are weaponizing competence, the beauty industry, the Christian military complex, and divorce can't wait yeah my other topics for this season are going to be compulsory motherhood friendship as ministry uh creationism slash environmentalism and marriage slash ring before spring if you went to a christian college you should recognize that (laughs) phrase (laughs) yay yeah we're so excited to start this podcast and thank you so much for listening to our intro episode for real yeah and enjoy toxic positivity where can they find us uh you can find us on twitter and instagram at impure rethought our website is impurerethought.com uh we'd love to hear from you you can yeah email us if you want at impurerethought at gmail.com also by the time this is up i will have a discord so if you want to come talk to us that way then i will put the join link in the show notes Um, Also, feel free to share, um, leave us a review, uh, whatever your little heart desires. Whatever. I unsubscribe. (laughs) Yeah, you can unsubscribe (laughs) if you want. If you were already (laughs) subscribed and you're like, never mind. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. May May your your thoughts thoughts stay dirty. dirty.